This is Iron Mike Stedman. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, Dog Whistle Brandon. Before I announce today's guest, I have a major update. My book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur, Validate Your Business Model, Build Your Brand, and Step Into Greatness is live and available on Amazon at the link in my show notes. This book was a labor of love, and I appreciate all of you for supporting me on this journey. In the book, I share all the tools and frameworks I use to run Ironbound Media and Ironbound Boxing, so be sure to check it out. All right, without further ado, today's guest on DWB is Kristen McFarland, founder of the Source Marketing Group, the go-to source for connecting organizations with marketing experts to elevate and grow their brands. Kristen and her team specialize in serving female, veteran, and minority-owned businesses. I first met Kristen in the Lions Pride back in either 2019 or 2020, and let me tell you, she's a digital marketing beast. Earlier this year, we had a chance to tag team at one of our tactical advances where each of us gave a talk on branding and marketing. Kristen's been in the game a long time, working with a variety of small and medium-sized businesses in the Denver area, where she's based, as well as all over the country. We discuss how she views the digital marketing landscape and how veteran entrepreneurs can get the best bang for their buck when it comes to their digital marketing efforts. All right, Gunny, let's get to work. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride where we provide no fluff and high impact brand strategy and business coaching for veteran owned businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, founder of Ironbound Media and business coach at the Lions Pride. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Kristen, welcome to Dog Whistle Brandon. Woohoo! Hey, thank you. So nice to be here. Me and Kristen met back in the day in the Lions Pride, probably like two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a minute. And uh, she's the founder and CEO of the Source Marketing Group. And uh, she's going to be talking to us about that. And one of the things, Kristen, I want to talk about, because I know before we record, we're talking about email, but also this idea, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. That's why I didn't bring it up is, web 3.0 right like what does digital marketing look like in web 3.0 you know because people are using communities i mean the internet's just used in a different way right mm -hmm. like back in the day people could make a blog and then that was a thing but then like web 3.0 blogs don't hit the same way that you know um writing in public does on platforms like linkedin or twitter and so we're going to get into a little of that but first i want you to introduce yourself to our audience all right. Well, I'm Kristen McFarland. I'm excited to be here. I'm the CEO and founder of the Source Marketing Group. We are an events and digital marketing agency in Denver, Colorado. I'm terrible at events, by the way, but I also know <laughs> events are a great way to like build mm -hmm. community um, and build those loyal fans. Yeah. Events are amazing. And I think uh, sometimes it's very often overlooked in a marketing strategy overall, or people say, no, you know, I don't really do events, but they're there. They're at events, whether it's somebody's networking event, a partner event, 
and or even a trade show for your industry. And I think people often overlook that when they're thinking about lead generation strategies. What kind of clients are you working with now currently? Well, I work a lot with women and marginalized community members. So women in business um, and other badasses who are looking to grow, especially in the B2B space. One of the reasons I brought you on the platform is because you're a digital marketing specialist. I don't consider myself a digital marketing specialist. I'm a dog whistle brand strategist. Um, but one of the things you and I did was we actually led a workshop for the Lions Pride um, on basically was it digital marketing. How would you describe that workshop? Yeah, digital marketing, social media and its influence on digital marketing overall. So with regards to digital marketing, right? Where do you see the future at with regards to Web 3.0? Like, what should our listeners be paying attention to? I think in regards to Web 3.0, it just gives people their power back, right? You can really take control of the content that you're putting out there. And I think it gives people the power um, to tell their story about their brand and business in a different way. And I know that, you know, you've talked a lot about Web 3.0 and you could probably, you know, blow me out of the water with your knowledge on it. But I, I think that's probably the number one is just giving people some of that power back. You work with a lot of clients on the digital, like not just digital marketing, but social media is what I'm saying at. What are you seeing works well with regards to actually driving revenue in the business? Because, you know, I get on here and I riff on TikTok and all these different platforms and I say they're a waste of time. But at the end of the day, I know they work for some people. And as somebody that actually helps uh, businesses set these up, you know, where are you seeing the uh, real ROI? Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think people really need to understand where social media fits in with their business and their business model. Um, that's going to play into whether or not organic social or paid social are going to be huge drivers for you. In the B2B space, a lot of times I recommend clients just get really hyper-focused on a couple channels they can do really well, right? Especially B2B. For B2C brands, you know, people are having success when they're pushing out a lot of content, um, but it becomes, you know, you're having to do a lot of content every day. We're in the B2B space. There's a lot of untapped potential, you know, organic uh, social on LinkedIn is great for B2B. And I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. So it's really just whatever you do, do it well. I hate to see people trying to be everything to everyone or get on every social media channel. You really just need to find where your community is and then interact with them there. Yeah, that's what I was saying at the beginning about how some of these platforms are starting to turn into community building platforms. Mm -hmm. So like Instagram pages, instead of just a seamless self-promotion, it's like a landing page for people to go to and interact with each other. And, you know, you can send them audiograms and stuff, et cetera. Um, and I think we're going to get more to that because, you know, one of the things I want our listeners not to do is, especially if you're B2B, right, is just spraying and praying all over the Internet. And yeah. you're right. Like if you do launch a social media channel, now you're like posting and you're being active on it every day. But if that's not necessarily driving revenue, then it's taken away from uh, more high leverage activities. Like I just had a call with a client of mine about this. Of, you know, he wants to get his social media set up because it's part of his marketing strategy. But I've been talking to him about like, you know, you you have a small team, you got like a team of five people, right? 
does it make sense to have them focused on running stories every day and sharing on social media or having that team assigned to creating a hit list and conducting direct reach out to high interest, warm prospects, you know, creating mm-hmm. marketing assets like PDF, uh, like PDFs or even customizable marketing assets. Like, is that a better task use of that manpower than to have them just, you know, again, posting all day on social? Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely a better use of manpower because I think people forget because social media is in your face, right? And everybody's on it all the time. Maybe not us business owners, you know, maybe we're, we're busy and uh, don't have time for that. But a lot of people spend, you know, two or three hours a day on social media. But I think a lot of people miss out on the what next, right? Somebody comes to your social media and maybe they're just making sure that you're a trustworthy company, you're legitimate, you are who you would say you are, but what next in the customer journey? And so, you know, are you capturing their email and sending them nurture emails so that you can get them closer to the path to purchase? Are you creating high impact collateral for your internal sales team? Uh, To your point, I think there's a lot better ways to spend your time and resources, especially if you have a limited team. I like I like that term, high impact collateral. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about is going to my previous episode of like, if you have a customer activation cycle, i.e. that warm intro, right? Where are you sending them after that intro connects, right? If you've got a gap between when you submit the proposal and when they pay it, what assets are you sharing with these with these prospects and so again these are uh high say that term again high leverage high, high impact high impact collateral like you've got to make these things and as a business owner right like i don't have time to make pdfs all the time and stuff so like early on you're scrappy you do what you can but once you start figuring out who your perfect customer is and you're out there driving revenue then you've got to start assigning people to help create those assets now This is where you're trying to determine how are you deploying your manpower, right? So you do bring on that social media intern or whatever. Does it make sense to spend all day on social or create that high impact collateral? And I would argue that the best use of that time would go high impact collateral first, get a real revenue machine going at predictable revenue because a lot of small business owners, their marketing, most people still struggle with it like a consistent, you know, um, maintain a full pipeline at all times. And then once you get that process dialed in, then you can start doing these other things. But before that, I think the fight is customer activation cycle, high impact collateral and driving revenue. Yeah, it's so important. And I think it really helps you further down in that sales process, in that marketing funnel. Because if you have that high impact collateral, it's going to help you close that deal. It's going to, it could be a a case study, right? Of a really badass job that you did and you're excited to show it off. You know, what, what that does for someone on their path to purchase, is going to be a lot different than what they see on your social media. One thing I think it could be interesting too is, so this, this comes up all the time. I need to build brand awareness. I need to get out there. Okay. If you're using social media to build brand awareness, I want you to think about how you can use social media to collect data, not necessarily like sales data, but more so in what are people, what are the conversations that are happening on social? What are the questions 
that people want answered? And then how can you use that to create that high impact collateral, right? So it hits harder. Is, do you agree? Yeah, that, that's a good way to put your ear to the ground. Like what is your community really yearning for? And then that's exactly what branding is, right? Listening, anticipating your client's needs and then creating a solution for it. One of the reasons I even started uh, Ironbound Media and created the category of dog whistle branding was because of that thread you and I were in in the Lions Pride Slack channel. Lane Bean was like, how do I know what's good ROI from my marketing person? Because I'm like outsourcing this marketing person. I got no leads. We're not raising money. Like what is going on here? And it was just this giant thread going on back and forth. And when I saw business owners, you know, that have been in the fight for like 20 years, you know, I saw their comments about how they were frustrated with marketing, et cetera. I was like, man, I feel like this is a golden opportunity to educate people around what good marketing is and create like assets to help um, to help support them like podcasts. And then like we're going to talk about uh, newsletters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, marketing can seem like an elusive thing, especially when you're a business owner, you're worried about operations and product and service, you know, fulfillment, whatever that looks like. So, um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in terms of, you know, building a resource for people because more people need that. They need to understand how to drive ROI out of their marketing and good marketers will do that. They'll, they'll strategize with you. They'll get shit done. They'll report and optimize. Um, but it is a saturated market. It's really hard to find the right marketing person for your business and someone that, you know, can get in and know your brand and your brand voice well enough to, to advocate and move the needle for you. Have you found that there's been pushback against uh, your agency just because you're in the marketing space? You know, because again, we see the chat, we see what they say about marketing agencies in the, in the <laughs> channel. You know, how yes. are you dealing with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I deal with that a lot because the pandemic really did oversaturate the mar the market with marketers. But for me, I'm I'm super data driven, so um, you know, when I do a campaign, when I'm I'm looking at strategy. I'm really data-driven and I'll work with my clients to look at that and make data-driven decisions uh, to create customer segments or whatever it is that we're working on. And I think when we can peel back the concern and go through the process of how I operate, it helps a lot more just to clarify, yeah, we have, <laughs> we have a process here and this is, this is how we function. So I think that's been super helpful because it, it is scary, right? You know, why am I not getting ROI? Um, and then obviously outside of, you know, the marketing person itself, there's things impacting ROI, like Facebook ads, right? The iOS update, Apple's privacy update has really impacted uh, the success of advertising online. So, you know, it's not always the marketer's fault. And I think that's why it's really important for you to collaborate, whether they're an agency, an internal marketing team, whatever that looks like, uh, sales and marketing, and that business owner should be best friends. Yeah, what I'm noticing with a lot of our listeners is that they are the solo marketing person. And you've mm -hmm. got companies that have been in existence for a minute, but the CEO is still like the chief rainmaker, you know? And so if the CEO is not selling, if he's not out there talking at events or writing books or whatever, there's really no marketing that's taking place. And so, you know, what I like to think that our job here on this platform is help them think through how can they be more effective 
with their marketing, i.e., how can I make stuff happen concurrently? You know, so like you said, a newsletter, right? I'm out away, I'm off the grid. Guess what? My newsletter's still dropping, you know, or a podcast, or you know, um, that asset. I got that PDF asset, I got that resource page. You know, how can we prep the battlefield? Because what it is is they haven't gone into a sales meeting with marketing that's actually worked well. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. you can feel the difference, right? Like you, you know, for me, even with Ironbound Media, it's like by the time a warm prospect reaches out, they've seen, uh, they already know what to expect. The battlefield's been prepped. So they're like locked and ready to go. And so that comes from having a solid like marketing plan, whether that's leveraging social media and getting data, you know, and provide value on your newsletter and your platforms and your blog posts, you know, or just sharing off those high impact collateral to people. They're reading it over so they have a better understanding. So what I want to talk about now, though, is newsletters. And the reason I want to talk about it is because I made the shift. It's 2022, and I've been also focusing on newsletter. We launched the Dog Whistle Branding newsletter on Substack. I host mm -hmm. uh, the Transition newsletter on Substack. And even when I came in this entrepreneurial journey, I don't know, 2016, 2017, everyone was saying, oh, you need to have a newsletter for nurturing. But everybody thinks, oh, you got to get on social media. You got to get followers. You got to get followers. But I keep coming back to this newsletter, and I'm going to do a whole episode on this, Kristen, about how do you close the gap? How do you close the distance between you and your audience? And it's getting them off of social and having direct access either via newsletter, uh, I mean, via email, or with a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such an underrated thing, email marketing, right? I, I've heard it for the years I've been in marketing, it's like every other year there's a news article that email's dead. Well, we all know that that is absolutely not true. And if, if anything, you know, I would say it's in its golden age and on average email marketing as a channel, uh, will bring in on average $42 for every $1 spent. It's a great ROI. And again, often overlooked, right? It's how do I, how do I compete with, you know, someone's inbox? How do I, how do I get heard or what do I even put in a newsletter? But I think doing just being consistent and getting out there, you know, is huge. If it's once a quarter, if that's all you can commit to, that's fine. But being consistent and delivering, you know, a, a consistent message to your audience is huge. And one person that does really well with that is Bill Watkins at the Lions Pride. His uh, he does a good mix of you know, educational content, inspirational content, offers, and really does a good job with the mix of email marketing that he is sending out. So um, if you're not on that newsletter, you know, sign up at the Lion's Pride. How do you help your clients set up their newsletters? Because I know that it's, I think about before I launched my newsletter, it seemed like the biggest lift in the world. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get a newsletter going. But you're right. Once you start doing it consistently it gets a little bit easier but even on the nonprofit side of the house i know i gotta get that newsletter going and that's a big lift too so i'm curious to know like behind the scenes how you set your clients up yeah so it, it is a big lift at first and you know what i like to do is is automate or delegate right and with email you can automate like hell you can do workflows and customer journeys and do a lot of things that uh, you know, maybe take three, four weeks up, of upfront work, but you could run that all year with some minor adjustments. And so I like to look at, 
the low hanging fruit there. What can we automate to help with your customer journey experience? Because MailChimp and a lot of these platforms have pretty cheap automation with their plans. And then the other thing is templatizing a couple emails, right? Build your newsletter once in, a, in an email template in your MailChimp and your Klaviyo, whatever instance of an email service provider you're using, and, and repeat that format if you need to. So you're not constantly rebuilding a new campaign every time, especially if you're the business owner and in charge of all of the marketing. So I'm transitioning to, um, I mean, we've been using templates, right? So I've been focusing heavily on templates. But one of the things I've been thinking about is using your newsletter like social media. So, you know, a lot of times people go to social media and that's where they paste all their thoughts and whatever. But like shifting that mindset and saying, like, if I want to update and educate and interact with people, you know, maybe I need to have a newsletter first mindset. If like that's where I'm going to create like really good, valuable educational content. Let's create it on our newsletter first and then repurpose it in uh, different places. Now. I'm on Substack and I haven't got the automation down yet. You know, like the way we do it is uh, our newsletter goes out on Tuesday. We have the first draft by Friday. You know, when we come into our morning meeting on Monday to stand up, you know, uh, we talk about the newsletter. And then if there's any updates and stuff we need to make, you know, I add to it because one of the things I'm thinking about, too, and I want to hear your thoughts on this is there are some newsletters that just seem very promotional. You know, it's just like just very updatey, right? There's nothing that really catches your attention versus like other newsletters where I'm like, oh man, this really adds value. Like if I see a newsletter about how to set up your content production plan, boom, I'm probably going to open that newsletter. You know, I see stuff about brand strategy and position. I open that because I'm a, I'm a strategist. So that's where my mind goes, right? I get value out of those things. But I also see, you know, a lot of the e-commerce brands where they're probably just trying to get more just kind of sales just kind of stay top of mind with people. The challenge is when you got people doing high ticket sales and services, seeing these big brands do X when they really should be doing Y. Yeah, it's really hard. And I think that's where I preach A-B testing. Let's try your way, but let's also try my way too and see which one's going to convert better. So I think if you if you can be open and let the data speak for itself, run some A-B testing and try different subject lines. Try, you know, changing the tone of your voice, add an emoji if, 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 if it's appropriate for your brand. Um, but there's a lot of different ways that you can test to make sure that the content is resonating, that the imagery is resonating, and that the subject line is going to get people to open that campaign. Um, I think, you know, again, the I think people have a certain expectation. Oh, I have to do it this way. I have to, I have to do social and I have to post, you know, seven times a day. I have to do this. You know, you need to make your own book based off what you can do consistently. And I think that's what people overlook oftentimes because the one big thing that looks very spammy is if you don't send for six months and then it's like, Oh, well, it's a holiday or we have a big sale or, we're trying to promote this product and now you start heavily sending, you could actually get blocked by inbox providers like Google, uh, Outlook, Microsoft. They could potentially mark you as spam. So consistency is important for engaging your audience, but also to make sure that you have a good sending reputation for your email campaigns. 
Because what it comes down to is relationships, right? If you're only emailing your list when you need something, when you want them to buy something, then it shows them that you don't really kind of care about them versus nurturing them along, right? Giving them yeah. updates, providing value, you know, being a consistent presence in their life. And that way, when stuff does come up, they're more inclined to buy and support because, you know, the battlefield, you know, has been prepped. Now, one of the questions I want to ask you, Christian, is have you seen people use the newsletter as their lead magnet as opposed to their nurturing magnet? Yes. I, I mean, some people, I think from a perspective of let's pretend you are at a B2B event, you have a booth and uh, you had a quick conversation, but you were able to get an email opt-in. They signed up on your, on your sign-up sheet at your table. Um, I think absolutely it's a way to bring people further down that funnel. And again, closer to that path to purchase, because now you can, you can nurture them, but the first one could be that legion, right? Oh my gosh, I didn't know that you offered this, but I think you should be very intentional with, with a couple things. It's, your data, where is it coming from? And then how do you greet those new subscribers? Especially if you are trying to do lead generation with your email and not just nurturing, you need to understand where that data is coming from. And again, you can even set up automations and workflows to welcome those people in a really unique way. So, you know, if, if I have someone, they signed up for an event, they'll be entered into the strip campaign and it's more focused on converting them on that path to purchase more so than nurturing. So there's definitely opportunities for both with email. I would be curious to see people, you know, I kind of do my podcast, right? So I'm gonna say kind of do my podcast, y'all. I definitely do my podcast. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is, right, whenever we have a new episode come out, we share an asset to market the episode, right? What if people start sharing the asset to market their newsletter? Hey, on next week's newsletter, we're going to be talking about X, Y, and Z. And now you've closed that gap between uh, your warm prospect and you by giving them an opt-in to that newsletter. And now that can be a lead magnet for you. And what I try to tell people is like, look, this is dog whistle branding. It ain't just about podcasting. You can host an event. That's a dog whistle. You can do a newsletter. That's a dog whistle, right? Your whistle is whatever allows you to communicate with your perfect customer consistently. So when you blow on that thing, whether it's a blog post too, their ears perk up and they come running towards you. And that's really what I'm trying to educate you all. So it's less about specific tactics and think more about like, what is the long-term goal that you're trying to accomplish? So if you're trying to get that newsletter set up, you know, that might be a better fit, you know, than doing a podcast or doing, you know, some of these other uh, activities. Well, and you brought up a good point. Cross promotion is so important. One, you should be promoting your email newsletter and that content on social with a call to action for people to sign up for that newsletter. You can also link to your newsletter on your Instagram page or wherever you want. I've seen people successfully do that. A realtor here in Denver, every time she puts out a newsletter, she'll update it on LinkedIn. And for that week, that's all that's promoted there. And it's just promoting the heck out of that newsletter content because she did. She took a lot of time to go, oh, I'm going to promote this blog. I'm going to, you know, do this and that. She's really making sure she's intentional with her investment from a time and opportunity standpoint. And so look for ways to cross promote. And I think especially for building your email list, 
How are you even getting people to join that list? Do you have a client services capture or, you know, in your email signature, a way for people to sign up easily? Because a lot of people who are already communicating with you, hey, we're, we're emailing back and forth. They want to hear from you. They have your business email. Why not get them hearing from you with your marketing communications? Yeah. And I just did that today. Actually, I asked some permission to add someone to our list, but we sent her the uh, the last newsletter. We just sent her the last newsletter and said, hey, you know, it's been great communicating with you. We'd love to get you subscribed to our newsletter, et cetera. She already booked a meeting, you know, for moving forward uh, wow. with engagement. So again, as we wrap up here, I just want our listeners to walk away understanding that, you know, I've said this before, business is a contact sport. You have to be engaging in marketing activities consistently. And if it's not you, the activities still need to be happening regardless. And digital marketing is one of the ways to do that, whether you're podcasting, newsletter, social media, but it's you to think about who your perfect customer is, what is the medium to communicate with them, right? And then making sure that you have that messaging and positioning and all the other stuff we talked about in previous episodes to deliver value. Now, Kristen has a source marketing group. Kristen, what can we as a community here at DWB do to support and elevate the work you're doing at, a, at the source marketing group? Wow. I mean, first off, yeah, if anyone's listening, connect with me on LinkedIn, Kristen McFarland, and you know, listen to, to my podcast too, Market Like a Badass. Uh, always happy for more listeners. And um, would love a follow on, on social, you know, uh, and eventually you'll get on my email list too. <laughs> if you're looking for an event, I'm plugging her, hit up Kristen. If you're trying to do a virtual event, like she's been doing it for years in person stuff. I mean, she's really the go-to, uh, expert on this stuff. So, uh, we'll be sure to include a link to your website and your podcast in the show notes. How do you enjoy podcasting? I love it. Well, I'm excited to work with you this year too, and uh, have you help help me uh, podcast like a platinum album. I think um, it's a good way to get out the message, and I I will preach. It's so important to repurpose your content because what I can do for a podcast can turn into a blog, and that blog can turn into a social post, and that can turn into an email. And so repurpose and uh, and automate and make your life easier. I'm actually in the process of draft finishing this. The, I'm, I'm writing a book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur. I submitted the first draft in, and a lot of the interviews I was using for it were podcast interviews. And so I ran them through my, my transcription service and was able to um, edit a lot of that stuff to make it easier for me. So there's so many different ways you, to use audio, and uh, I'm oh, excited yeah. to, to show our community about how to do it. So, But uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. Um, you're like a peer. We are peers. You know, we came through the Lions Pride together and it's excited. I'm just excited to see your growth and uh, have you add value to our audience. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we provide no fluff and high impact brand strategy for veteran owned businesses. We believe that audio is the future of publishing and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders. We serve mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veteran and other badass-owned businesses at every stage of growth. You can learn more 
and get more at thelionspride.com. 